season is over, the uh, Neanderthals over the NRL are all done and the real football is about to start, but you'd hardly know it thanks to the FFA. But we are back, for Vuck's sake, back in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios after a few weeks off, but the victory are well and truly in bloom now as is spring and we are back to give a bit of a preview. So it's a big episode coming up. My name is Jason for first time listeners. If you haven't heard the show, joining me are my co-hosts in the studios. Uh, firstly, the chief analyst, the self-appointed chief analyst of a buck's sake. Dave, welcome to the show. Oh, this self-appointed business, mate. You appoint, <laughs> You appointed it. Anyway, uh, I yeah. appointed it. You yeah. made it your t- Twitter bio. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. Didn't, I didn't make that your Twitter uh, I bio. Think you, were, you were talking for a long time about how you like to analyse stuff, you know, and... So I just sort of took that and ran with it. No, it's all but anyway. In, it's all in good nature because uh, we are doing our season preview show today, and you have prepared a six-page dossier uh, <laughs> explaining the ins and outs of Melbourne victory. So I'm looking forward to getting an stuck instruction into that, manual, if that, you will, to the season. Manifesto. I'm getting really, uh, really, really looking forward to getting stuck into that. Joining me today also is the man of the people. You know him well, buds. Welcome. What's up, boys? We're back. It's been a Long winter of being let down by all the other sports teams, so now we can ride this wave of disappointment until autumn next year with the VAC. Yep, the first of pretty much maybe 25, 26 weeks in a row of for VAC's sake. It's been a bit of a stop-start uh, kind of journey over the, the first uh, few weeks of the season because uh, Melbourne Vichy got knocked out of the finals pretty early, the FFA Cup rather, pretty early. So usually we have a pretty regular build-up to the season, but we've had... Yeah, a bit of a stop start, um, start I suppose to the uh, the podcast it's season. Been... But nonetheless, we are here, so let's get stuck into it. As I mentioned, this is a huge show. Uh, the season preview always a big one. We go through all the ins and outs of the victory squad, uh, the tactics. We go you know, analyze Kevin Musket. We do it all. Uh, also, we're going to talk a little bit about Patreon. Do I pronounce that right, Dave? Patreon. 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 We'll explain that uh, a little bit later on. The forum is back. I'm going to give some oh. details. I'm going to give you a link to the forum. There's going to be some very relieved punters out oh, there. I reckon, I reckon Dave's going to be the most relieved out of all of them. There's been a big void in his internet. Uh, <laughs> Dave his does internet love life. posting on the internet, so he'll be back on the forum. He's already signed up. And oh, yeah. First up. one to sign up. Yeah, yeah, I know. So we're starting fresh. The forum is back, and I'll be revealing all in about five minutes' time. Uh, we'll discuss a few things going on in the A-League. Uh, obviously, a few things happening over the last few days. Tony Popovich, uh, the FIFA, FFA kind of thing that's going on so we'll discuss that and we'll preview our first big match of the season against Sydney FC on Saturday night at Eddie Head Stadium the grand final rematch music theme it's a staple of Vivac's sake as we know the music theme this week it's a new season we're going to go with new wave Dave you are the one who picked this one out I get a lot of criticism about the music theme and uh, people don't want me to pick it too much too much anymore but you picked really it. well I, I say not a couple of people. You know what I loved about this when I suggested new wave, new season, new beginnings, and all of that. I was I loved how there was just an immediate consensus with all three of us. 
Everybody loved the idea. Everybody well, had something to nominate. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I was like, what the fuck is new ways? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Dave's at it again. Uh, and then... Me and my team. And then you Wikipedia. Yeah, we Wikipedia New Wave, and I'm like, oh shit, these are bangers. Yeah, all yeah, right, yeah. cool. I'm gonna have this one. So uh, good selection. Good selection and a good way to start the uh, well, the official start of the A League season. So let's get into it. You are listening to For Fuck's Sake. are our sponsors we'll get into the first one uh thanks once again to our sponsors for their help uh, as usual you know this business name well it's ambrosia floral designs they are joining us once again tune uh who is one of the uh supposedly he classifies an owner of ambrosia he must have, a husband of must the have a stake in it husband yeah. of the owner didn't uh, send us any kind of uh blurb about the business so we'll just use last year's one so ambrosia fold designs as seen on the block in married at first sight and boys tell you what i got into the block this year fucking sensational i uh, waited 15 years to watch the block and it's an amazing show so you've seen ambrosia right. fold designs take your word for it yeah. <laughs> watch one episode and you'll be hooked uh ambrosia fold design is found at unit one number 15 assembly drive in telemarine they specialize in all things floral weddings and corporate events ambrosia also offer floral workshops which make great gift ideas they are open by appointment only. Call Leanne today on 9338-3609. Mention FBS to receive a 10% discount off your next order. I'm assuming that offer still stands. Okay. We're going to talk a little bit about, uh, just first before we get into the season preview, uh, something that we've been working on a little while, uh, and we hope that people will embrace this. Uh, it's Patreon. So... Dave, you've, uh, I've been, I guess, driving this over the last couple of weeks uh, in getting it all set up. Can you give us a brief overview of what Patreon is? Yeah, so it's a way for members of the FES community to contribute. So you would all know we've been doing this for now, you know, three or four years and um, doing it for free. Um, but basically, this is an optional thing for people to chip in a dollar per episode or however much they want. Um, and be rewarded for doing so yeah so we've got some rewards that we lined up for people who want to contribute to the podcast we're not asking you to contribute too much uh well although there are some tiers where you if you want to be a healthy contributor to the podcast and support us um in making the podcast better for things such as equipment uh live events and things like that over the next few months it will really help us out so as we said uh, there's a few different rewards that we're offering for people who want to contribute um from as little as a dollar per episode uh so we'll go through the rewards first and i think we've got a few different tiers i think four different tiers the first one is the keep on bucking tier and that's uh, just an entry level support and uh, we'll give you a personal shout out on the podcast for just donating $1 per episode. So uh, if you'd get on there and, and uh, donate $1 per episode, we'll, um, we'll give you a shout out, a personal shout out on the podcast. Uh, Dave, what's the next one? The next one is the bucking great patron. Uh, it's for that, for Buck's sake fan that 
just wants to chip in a little bit more than uh, the one dollar. Basically, it's it's three dollars per podcast, and that will get you free entry to our two planned live events this year, uh, or this season. We're looking at hosting them at the European Beer Cafe. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> The, the thing that will probably get people interested, though, uh, is the membership to our exclusive mailing list. So you'll hear about any victory secrets that come out before anyone else or before they hit the airwaves. And you'll also get the uh, keep on bucking tier privileges as well. Yeah, so the plan on with that one is that uh, we'll send out when we get a uh, window of Victory Seeker, we'll send that immediately to our mailing list before it goes to air. So we'll probably send it through on the Monday morning before we re- record on a on a Monday night. And with the live podcast events, we probably will have to charge an entry fee. It might not be too much, but we might have to charge an entry fee this year because uh, the Loman Hotel where we held it last year is probably going to be far too small. Um, so we have to expand into the European Beer Cafe where a lot of uh, professional podcasts um, have live events. Um, so I think uh, we'll have to hire it out and pay a fee. So if we can get some money to you know uh, contribute towards that, we'll offer free entry for you guys. Uh, the third tier, Budza, take it. So this is the Sud Vakinator. Uh, you'll be a supporter of an indie True Vak label and you're going to look good at the same time. This is for you... Uh, you're almost at the elite level of patronage now. For five bucks or more per podcast, a Sud shirt of your choice from the new summer range when it comes out. And you'll also get keep on vucking and vucking great patron tier privileges as well. That's right. So you'll get everything that we mentioned beforehand plus a free Sud t-shirt when uh, the new range comes out, which is probably only around about another month's time. We'll, uh, we'll release that range for the summer. And the final one is the Rich Vuckers. So that's $15 or more per podcast. This is for the real high-end elite type uh, operator. Any donation of $15 or more per episode will get you a seat in the Brunswick Sharehouse Studios as a guest on the podcast throughout the year, uh, plus all the other listed privileges and rewards. Um, this could be good if you are in a business and uh, it's a good way to support us and uh, cross-promote your business. So a unique op- opportunity to reach thousands of victory uh, fans. So we'll offer that link to the patreon on our um social media channels um i think it's what's the website i think it's yeah patreon.com yeah we'll launch that tonight um with a nice little promotional video featuring featuring all three of us and uh yeah hopefully you can uh, take a look um and get around it. Yeah, so we've had great support from the fans over the uh the two and a bit season so far so we really hope uh you guys can uh you know, show some more support for for, for Vuck's sake and help us, uh, you know, improve the podcast um, with, you know, better equipment and also contributing to live events and so forth. But enough of that for now. Uh, the forum is also back. <laughs> this is, this is the one the punters are excited yeah. about, I think. So the forum is back. I've been working on it. It's still a bit of a work in progress, but it is ready to launch. So all the forums are up and running. Unfortunately, uh, for people who are not members of the, the previous forum, which was running for about probably about 13 years, mm. uh, it was infected with malware. The, the server host wasn't great. Um, was going to cost around about 350 bucks per year to maintain, um, which was, you know, thanks to sponsors of For Buck's Sake and things like that, able to be covered. But it's just a bit of a a bit of a shit expenditure to have for a forum software that just didn't work too well. So it got infected with malware, which we couldn't fix. Um, So we're starting fresh. Uh, So if you go on uh, to forbuckssake.com, 
Uh, MelbourneVictory.net is dead. I'll get those uh, domains to redirect, though, to forbuckssake.com. Then you get onto there, you'll see the new forum, which is, as I mentioned, a work in progress, but I'll work over the next few days to improve that, just with colour schemes and things like that. But if you want to get, jump on, it's a chance uh, to discuss the Victory with other fans. Um, also with us, we're on there quite a bit. As mentioned, Dave... Um, loves posting on the internet, had about 50,000 posts on the previous forum. So he'll be quite active <laughs> on there. And if you want to chat about the VUC with him, you can certainly jump on there and do so. So as I mentioned, it's a chance to start fresh. Um, if you have always wanted to jump on the forum, but have been hesitant because it's been a bit of a click, um, this is your chance to jump on because everyone's starting fresh and uh, it's a good chance to um, jump in. So with that said, let's move on to the season preview. Um, now, Dave, as I mentioned, um, is walking to the fridge right now. Let's put his microphone down. I need you here, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just important uh, amber fluids. Yeah, crack that can Keep open. Keep me going. All right. All right. So, the season preview, let's get into this. We're going to get, we're going to spend probably the next 30 to 40 minutes on this, really get entrenched in it and get amongst it. So, we're going to go through the arrivals first. I might go through the departures, actually. So since the uh, the season, the departures from Melbourne Victory over the course of the off-season was, of course, Daniel Georgievsky. Daniel Georgievsky. That we broke. Some of the, some of these departures we broke. Yeah, another good reminder if you want to know about Victory's secrets. Uh, that's someone we broke. Fahid uh, Ben Kalfala. Once again, someone that we spoke to and got an exclusive off, um, which kind of started this whole saga throughout the uh, the course of the, the last season, um, the the FBK contract uh, dispute. Rashid Mahazi retired. Bit of a surprising one. Bit of a weird one. Yeah. Retirement. Yeah. One, one that we didn't talk about at the uh, end of last season because uh, it happened after we f- wrapped up the show. But, yeah, a bit of a weird one. Uh, Nick Ansel has moved on to Portugal. Um, an interesting one. Yeah, that that's... A really good career move for him. Yeah. Tondela in Portugal. Good luck to the lad. Did, did so much better than I thought he would do. He was a Monty to go to a Central Coast or yeah. a Newcastle or Raw or Adelaide United. A- any one of those minnow clubs and uh, ended up getting a gig in Europe. So, well done, Nick. Someone that did move on to the Central Coast Mariners was Alan Burrow. Uh, a rock in defence for us last year and I think a lot of fans were unhappy with that. And now named captain of the... Uh, Gosford-based side. Yeah, so they certainly uh, are aware of his uh, strengths and his credentials. George Howard has been released. I don't know where he moved on to. I'm assuming some kind of NPL side if he's still even in the game. Unknown at this stage, Unknown. but yeah, look, uh, didn't really work out for George at the Buck. Mm. Alistair Bray was released, um, didn't really get much of a go of it. Likewise, Lucas Spinella, the uh, the two keepers there. And of course, Marco Rojas moved on to Holland. The uh, the additions to the Vuck squad for season 2017-18 uh, is... Yeah, so some of this is pretty old news for you dedicated listeners out there, but we... Acquired Reese Williams pretty much at the end of last season, and you know that was pretty much Burrow out, Reese Williams in. Thomas Deng came back from his season-long loan in the PSV youth system over there in Holland. And then the uh, the new boys, so the old boys, Costa Barbarousis and Mark Milligan, have uh, come back. One from uh, Wellington Phoenix, and the other one from the UAE. Uh, Matias Sanchez uh, has come from Argentina. Christian Theoharis, uh, scholarship player promoted from the Youth Academy. Leroy George, the uh, the great unknown of uh, the season, I would say, and uh, someone who's going to have a fair bit of, would I say, pressure or expectation? Probably expectation. Bit of both, mate. Yeah. To, uh, to emulate the feats of uh, Marco Rojas. 
pierce warring uh, or wearing? We'll figure it out. I over like warring. I like warring. Warring. Yeah, go warring. Another scholarship player promoted from the Youth Academy uh, was, I believe, one of the top scorers or the top scorer in the National Youth League for the victory last year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, is coming with uh, a bit of a yeah, a bit of form behind him in the National Youth setup. Uh, Josh Hope, another scholarship player promoted from the Youth Academy, and Canyon Cameron McGlip, um, who did feature in uh, in a first team. I believe that's McGilp. McGilp. It's a tough one. McGill, in, yep, yeah, it's, a, it's a bit uh, tricky on the eye when you look at that one. But um, I'm uh, I'm hearing from a little birdie that Josh Hope is a really good chance for this weekend. So keep your eyes on Josh Hope. Okay, so let's do a summary, Dave. This is this is your baby here. What's the summary of the season or the off-season, I suppose, and uh, how we're looking? Yeah, we touched on this with uh, our social media platforms today. We kind of put it out there. And look, I think this is easily the most squad turnover we've seen in an off-season from the Buck in a very long time. Rojas is the sort of guy, you know, I think Budza mentioned it last time we uh, were all together, that he's, you know, 13-goal winger, midfielder and, you know, more or less irreplaceable. So his replacement in Leroy George will be one of the most closely watched Buck players is, all is season. Is Leroy going to line up in Marco's position or will it be Costa? I think it'll be Leroy on the left. Okay. Um, so a lot riding on how this bloke goes. Uh, yeah, so I did say as a Marco Rojas replacement, was he? he's actually going to play on the opposite side, wouldn't he? Yeah, look... You, you Barbarousas will be that right-sided yep. player, I think. Um, so, George, as I understand it and have seen from a lot of the footage, mm-hmm. really amazing left peg. So, I'd, I'd suggest he's going to be on the left. Oh, yeah, okay. That makes sense. All right. So, look, depth, I think, to summarise a little bit more, is one of the issues this season slash off-season. We pretty much jump straight into the youth team promotions if a player like Barisha or Troisi gets injured or, or, or if they're missing. So guys like Waring, Hope and Theo Harris. Um, the other thing, it's a big gaping hole. There's no pure left back in the entire squad. And um, I guess there's still room for another foreigner for Kevin to sign. And look, I think we should be encouraged by the fact that Kev seems to be putting a little bit more due diligence into the signings. There hasn't been a rush to fill all the squad positions. So you're happy with that, though? So Because we're going into this season with <coughs> 21 squad players out of a 23, like a squad maximum of 23. So we're going with 21, and what, three or four of those are players who are essentially un- untried yeah, at yeah. professional level. The depth, coming back to that. Is the issue. A couple of key injuries to key players and we're really going to be tested. You cannot argue with the fact, though, that the spine of this side is arguably the best in the league. Mm -hmm. Uh, So our success or otherwise will come down to how how those alongside that core and how those new arrivals fit in. Going to see it firsthand first week of the season because... Kev's decided that he wanted to load up on internationals. So for the first week, we're going to be missing Troisi, Milligan, and is Barbarousas going to be out as well? Barbarousas, yeah. So and you never know about Williams as well. Will he maybe factor in if his A-League form is good enough? Will he perhaps once again figure in uh, Socceroos calculations? I think there was some 
some kind of small murmurings uh, around about a month ago that perhaps, you know, his time will come again. Yeah, Dave Davutovic wrote wrote a bit of a yarn about the fact that Reese Williams is a guy that, you know, when you look at the career that he's had over at Middlesbrough and before he was really hit by injuries, he was destined for the Premier League. I think Swansea were eyeing him off before, you know, injuries curtailed the trajectory of his career. So he, he is a player that, at his best, is one of the better defenders that we have in this country. Also, another one to remember as well, Garia was you know, part of the soccer set up about a year ago, had a pretty poor year, and then fell out of calculations, but another good season from him. Could once again see him feature in uh, soccer setups. But I suppose the, the international window wouldn't have as many important games over the next uh, six months. If we make the World Cup in November, then you've probably got about six months of leeway. I still would have liked us to secure better fullbacks because if you want to go back and watch the grand final of last year, Gary was freaking awful. He was awful. He was at sea. So I'd like to have seen him improve. There was a big murmuring when we just before we signed Leroy that we were looking at a guy named Constant Jakba who had really, really good pedigree from the Bundesliga and Bundesliga 2. Uh, the only highlight video you'll find of him is him having quite a good game against Borussia Dortmund in about 2015 against the likes of Lewandowski and Royce and Mkhitaryan. Uh, that one didn't seem to happen. We had some mail early on that we didn't run with that it was looking good and there was going to be a very, very... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm a, glad a we soon, didn't run with it. Yeah, soon to be medical, which didn't happen. So we've always been of the opinion that Broxham's good enough for left back. I called it at the start of the year. I called it. And he probably is. Yeah. But I would have liked uh, us to get a rock solid. If we would have got George and this Jack guy, they would have been absolutely quintessential ripper A-League signings. I do like George. He's kind of come out of nowhere. He's got top flight um, European pedigree behind him. Looks like he's got a fair bit of flair about him. He's only 30 as well. Yeah, and has come out of the second division in Turkey. It's it's a kind of these are the A-League signings I like. These are the signings I like Melbourne Victory to get. I don't need names. I need guys that are actually going to come out of nowhere. Like a Fahid Benkalfella. Like a uh, Matthew Delpierre. Like these guys that have got good pedigree but aren't household names. Aren't going to cost a lot of money and are going to do the business because that's kind of that's that's the club we're about. Like, that's what we're about. Yeah, exactly. So. And that's probably a really good opportunity for us to talk about the full-strength team. We've, mm. we've started talking about the fullbacks, but, you know, and player by player, like, do we want to just uh, literally list the best 11 as we see it? Yeah, um, we can do that. Uh, I think it's important to uh, also note the formation, I think, over the course of the off-season, especially with the signing of uh, Sanchez. It perhaps opened the door to the uh, the change of formation, but it does look like, given the pre-season games and how we've lined up there, that nothing's going to change in that regard. Listen, Kev went away. In his off-season, <laughs> yeah. this is my favourite bit to talk yeah. about. In his off-season, everyone thought, Musket's going to go and... Get some players for us. He's going to go and do this. Yep. What he did do was he went back to old mate Ange and he went to the Confederations Cup and he probably took a shitload of notes from Ange. So however you see the Socceroos playing against these in, in, in these qualifiers against Syria, that's how Melbourne Victory is going to play. I have a nickname for Sanchez <laughs> for the show we'll uh, reveal in a second once we get to his... Yeah. I've got to, I've got There's been nothing to sort of indicate in pre-season games, both in friendlies and FFA Cup, or in training, from what I hear, that we're going to switch to a back three. Yeah. But, 
as Buds has just mentioned, you know, he's taken notes, he's spent some time with Ange, and the whole addition of Sanchez does raise that question. Yeah. So we'll go through the first 11 player by player. Of course, we'll start off with our goalkeeper, uh, Lawrence Thomas. This will be his seventh season with the club, but only his second as the undisputed number one keeper. Uh, his position is well and truly safe. Um, not a world-class keeper, but certainly reliable at A-League level. Uh, there's no one that's challenging him for that spot um, in the coming season. That's uh, his and his, his, his only. Yeah, he'd have to get injured in order for uh, Matt Acton to step up and get an opportunity. Moving on to right back, Jason Guerrier. Look, he didn't make the advances in his career that many of us thought he might after that superb 2014-15 season, the title-winning season. That's really where you know he his name was propelled into national team considerations. His his 2016-17 was inconsistent, but being the only pure right-sided fullback, uh, his spot is very much safe. The the fact that he's a really strong athlete and the amount of ground that he covers in, in Musket's formation is a real asset. Is that part of his problem, though, in, in terms of form because he doesn't have much competition pushing him to keep his spot? Yeah, potentially. There there literally is no other right-back. Uh, you know, we've played Broxham there. <laughs> where, where haven't we played Broxham? But, yeah, it's one spot, much like left-back, where there isn't much by way of depth. Left-back is uh, Lee Broxham. This is the first time that you would say Lee Broxham figures in a starting eleven for the Vaki. Always at the start of the year is, uh, is pegged as a bench player. Always finds his way in there as, uh, as, as part of the best eleven towards yeah. the end of the season. But this is the first time where he is the, uh, the first choice left-back for the victory moving into the season. So uh, just an absolute uh, erstwhile utility. Great uh, wording, Dave, in your document there. <laughs> uh, well, I'll get you to look up that for me in a dictionary and tell me what that means. Uh, but uh, in the absence of a genuine left back, he is the best option in the in the role currently. Um, young Stefan Negro will be nipping at his heels for that spot. So if Broxham uh, doesn't perform, Stefan Negro could be thrown into the mix. So there is a little bit of competition there, but not too much because... We still don't know what, too much about Stefan Negro at this stage. We know he's a capable player, but we haven't seen enough of him to really see uh, whether he's a rusted-on uh, future first eleven player. Um, yeah, I think without Georgie FC being replaced, it's a, it's a weird one. He's just had to fill a hole, as he has done every single time, uh, every through uh, every season throughout his career. So I, I have every faith in him. I think he'll uh, I think he'll perform well. Never lets us down. Does Brox Erstwhile means former. Does it? The no. former utility. No. Is he a former utility? Is First he? Well, adjective former. <laughs> what do you think it meant, Dave? Let's move on to the next <laughs> player. Uh, the old, the old uh, Christian thesaurus there might have uh, <laughs> stuffed me up a do bit it now because they'll come for you on Twitter once they listen to yeah, it. Yeah. You're just going to get it over and done with. <laughs> James Donerkey <laughs> probably nailed down uh, the. Other spot alongside Reese Williams. <laughs> Look, as as uh, 2016 slash 17 season sort of grew older, Donerkey eventually became first choice ahead of the now departed Ansel. I think he'll be first choice to begin with, so we'll see him line up this Saturday. But with the return of Thomas Sting, you know, I think there's a chance that here and there that you know Donerkey's spot could become jeopardised because of Thomas Sting. Mm, Donerkey lad. 
don't, he, know, uh, don't know about that. I do like the... Um, it's actually one part of the pitch that we actually do have a bit of depth now. Centre-back pairing. But I really I really like the look of Williams and Donachie together. I can't see Deng pushing Donachie out. The problem is, given what we know about Williams and Injury. You know, his, his, I guess, ability to stay on the park. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Deng could come in. Once Champions League starts to ramp up, there's going to be some rotation as well. So it's one to watch and it's good to know that someone like Deng can step in. Yep. Reese Williams, of course, we just spoke about him. Easily the uh, the best centre half at the club and the most experienced player in the first choice back four. Getting his body right and playing a full season will he be his biggest challenge this coming season. As as we've mentioned a few times on this podcast so far since the announcement of his signing, we know that he's got the capabilities. Um, it's all about getting the body right. So far, so good. Seems like a really refreshed player from interviews uh, that he's given to the media so far. Um, really happy to be at the victory. And I like when players are like that, when they come here and they know this is a legit club. They come you know, from clubs like Perth Glory and uh, Brisbane Roar and things like that. And you know, they're playing in front of six, 7,000 people. They come here and they want to play for big crowds and they want to play good football. So it's good. He's got the right attitude. I'm really looking forward to seeing him play. As you mentioned, it's all about getting the body right for the, uh, for the upcoming season. Yeah, so we didn't actually say the formation, but it's kind of like a 4-3-3, so 4-2-3-1, pretty yeah. much Kev's uh, bread and butter. Um, and the first midfielder of the three that we'll mention is Mark Milligan, former captain of the club, absolute linchpin in that title-winning season, 14-15. Returns to the league, I believe, still at his peak. He'll miss games here and there, as we're about to find out this weekend from national team duties, but without a doubt, the most accomplished Australian in the league. For the last few weeks, I've been asking myself one question about the victory. Has this team gotten better or worse since last season? And I think this man is the reason why we've gotten better, only marginally. Yep. But I think he's the difference between us, you know, last year and this season. He's He makes us a little bit better. Uh, yep. really composed and when you think about it he's coming in for Oliver Bazanich um, playing the same role that he did so uh, a really you know, huge upgrade on that. Just so influential and yeah Bazanich I mean that's who he's replacing that's what you, if, you, if you're still umming and ahhing about it think about that Ever since he left the talk through the Vuck circles has been we haven't replaced Milligan, we haven't replaced Milligan, we haven't replaced Milligan we haven't replaced Milligan the only person you can replace Milligan with is Milligan. So mm-hmm. if you're going to get a former player, it will be him. And it's just, it's so rock solid. Yeah. It's so good. Joining, Very happy for him to be back. Joining him uh, in the midfield is Carl Valeri, the, uh, another linchpin in the, uh, in the midfield, now a veteran. Uh, Dave, you suspect he'll be managed a little bit more during this campaign uh, with the arrival of Sanchez as well. Um, that may give him a bit of a relief in the, uh, in the, uh, in the games. Yeah, I do think that Valeri, where he is, you know, he won't play week in, week out, particularly when Asian football ramps up. I think, you know, he is first choice. There's no doubt about it. He's the captain. Still incredibly important. I think the combination with Milligan, it will be Valeri that, you know, shields the back four. He'll he'll stay at home while Milligan roams a bit more, is a little bit more box to box. Yeah. So Great. He, he's, sorry. Sorry, go, go ahead. I'm um, saying, oh, sorry. Reigning, reigning victory medalist. Don't understate. Mm. He, no one should understate his importance to the team on and off the field. So my, my nickname for Sanchez is Plan B, 
Ooh. Because I feel like he'll be able to slot into the midfield with Valeri and Milligan if if required, or he'll be able to come on for Valeri and you know provide something else. So uh, Sanchez will be Plan B, and as you said, giving relief to Carl Valeri over the course of the season. So I think that's okay. I'm going to push that. That assumes that uh, Kev's Plan B isn't just to make Plan A work. I think he needs to expand his horizons a little bit. I think he needs to find a plan B, and I think that plan B is Sanchez. So um, we don't think Sanchez will start in the first 11, which is it's he interesting. Will, he, will think, think he will this week. Yeah, he will this week, of course, but he, he won't be – well, we don't think his first choice. First I, think, I think he's going to be one that flies under the radar for the league. I think this yeah, guy's going to be a star. He's, he's got good pedigree. He looked good in – he's looked decent in the, um, in the opening – uh, FFA Cup games and mm-hmm. well reports the closed door games that we played he's been very good as well yeah I'd and this is the thing it's difficult to get a handle on how good he might be mm-hmm. haven't seen much of him you know the, the pedigree where he comes from in uh, Argentina he's just arrived from Temp- Tempele you know much like uh, I guess players like Guy Finkler you know moved clubs a lot you know the the old Wikipedia stats didn't really yeah. reveal too much so yeah, the jury's out, but I'm obviously hoping that it's a massive success. Attacking midfield now, and it's the uh, returning James Teresi. Uh, after a prolonged transfer saga, Teresi ended up back at Melbourne Victory. It looks like he was gone for all money and even looked like he was going to join our city, uh, city well, uh, Melbourne rivals, Melbourne City, um, for a second there. So much so that Talking City, the, uh, the Melbourne City podcast, did a whole podcast on him. And uh, found out that he wasn't going there. Uh, he's an important cog in the side, and finally he commits to the cl- to a club for more than one season. Um, when he is in form, he's the most accomplished Australian attacking midfielder in the league. Can create and score, but then also we have seen the bad side of James Teresi. Um, shot skied five hundred rows back, um, and uh, yeah, I think you, know, you get a, a bit of good and a bit of bad with James Teresi. But hopefully he can put it together this season. Yeah, I hope he's done some extra sessions. This year on the shooting, mm-hmm. got some new boots. Hopefully, the aerodynamics. It, it is amazing, though. You know, when you think about it, James Teresi was about a coat of paint away from becoming a Melbourne Victory mm. immortal, and now he starts the season probably having to build some trust in certain Victory supporters. I know I'm one of them. I know a lot of people do love James Teresi, regardless. But I feel uh, there's still a section of fans who are, are not too happy with James Teresi. That'll all be forgotten, though, if he, if he puts together a really world-class season or even you know, just a, a capable season of, uh, of you know, playing well. Agreed. I mean, even a repeat of last season, you know, he was pretty good last season. You know, he came second in the uh, Balls of Steel, for fuck's sake, yeah. trophy award. So, you know, it's a pretty good season. Absolutely. Uh, the returning Costa Barbarousis uh, as the, uh, what was I say, on the right-hand side. I stuffed that up last time when I asked Kevin Musket about that <laughs> last year at a press conference. Uh, can sometimes seem a little directionless uh, with his forays forward and very much a form player. But at this level, he is a very handy player. Uh, as another returnee, there will be no adjustment period. He knows the system and will slot in uh, back like he never left. And I, you know, I think uh, it's good to have him back. I, as I said, uh, has got a proven track record for the victory. Um, a goal scorer in a grand final and a championship winning team. Great to have him back. He's a known quantity in this league. You know, it, as much as there was a bit of, I guess, annoyance about us recycling former players, you know, he's still, I think, late 20s, 28, 29, I think. You know, very much still at the peak of his powers. We know what we're getting. Yeah, I, this is the one I thought we could have done better. 
But I'm I'm probably of the opinion that the club were the opinion of a better the devil you know. And he came at a good time. It pretty much happened right before Marco left. So he's going to slot into the right. We've gone over it. He knows the system. He loves Melbourne. He wanted to come back here. You can see that. He obviously wasn't happy going back home. This probably home for him. He's taken a pay cut too. Yeah. Because he was marquee yeah. over at Wellington. So to come back under the cap, he'd, uh, yeah, he must have lost a bit of coin. George will supplement it. Yeah. A few free meals here and there. Who yeah. wants to have money and live in Wellington? I'd rather have no money and live in <laughs> Melbourne. That's uh, obviously what the decision uh, he came to. Uh, our next player is the uh, the centre forward for Melbourne Victory, Bessart Barisha, um, coming towards the third year of his marquee deal, I believe. I think this might be his last year of the marquee. Um, I believe so, anyway. Um, despite having a few shaky moments last season with uh, missed penalties and form lapses, he still managed to lead the league in scoring. Uh, that was miraculous because, yeah, he could have scored so many more. Uh, recently became an international for the newly recognised Kosovo Republic, but there's talk of him not playing for them again um, as per that article that was... Uh, How good was that article yeah. today? I don't know. Um, if you listeners haven't seen, um, Bessart's put pen to paper about the story of his football life as a refugee, you know, travelling from Albania, war-torn Albania, through to Germany and the struggles that he's endured over his career. Really good read. So there's no risk of him missing uh, matches because of international windows or anything like that. He'll be playing. Hates the coach. Coach hates him. It's over. It's over. So he'll be playing for us every year, uh, every every match rather, of the season. Uh, Plays pretty much all the games. I think last year he averaged around about 84 and a half minutes per match. Um, So resilient. I mean, that's part of the argument about why you don't really need a backup striker because what's he going to play, six minutes? Yeah, all it takes is one, you know, turned knee or something of that nature. And I know we can get injury replacement players, but, um, yeah, it, it's risky. But I, I guess, you know, he, he is that sort of player. You know, he, he's just incredibly good from an endurance point of view. It's like the T-1000. Yep. He doesn't stop if you know you Terminator 2. It was fun trying to go up against him last year. But he just when she <laughs> you come you come up against the champion, the champion's always going to get back at you. So no, I didn't he, expect you to bring that whole topic back he had up the again. Last laugh. Yeah, he had the last laugh, and Jesus Christ, did I jump about ten foot in the air when he scored <laughs> that goal in uh in the grand final. So his uh, his final record is uh, unbelievable. So that's what we're all about here, playing finals. So another big year from Bess, hopefully. Our final man in the uh, first choice starting 11 is arguably the most important foreign signing for us this offseason is Leroy George. Uh, it's the extent to which he can make up for the loss of Rojas will determine how the season pans out. Looks to be, uh, looks to have a lethal lek, uh, left foot on, on his uh, and the potential to be one of the more exciting players we've ever seen in Vuck colours. His highlights do look, do look good. Um, I, I hope he takes over the set piece. Yeah, from can hit a dead ball. Mm. That'd so. be nice to have one of those again. Yeah. We haven't had one since Carlos, so... Ooh. What's the pass mark for Leroy George this season? I know, well, it's hard. You know, we're setting the bar quite high because uh, Marco Rojas scored quite a few goals. Um, what is the par- pass mark for him? Does he need to score? Does he need to assist? Um, does he need to do it a lot? Has to chip in with goals. I think the the entire front third, Barbarousas, George and Barisha, need to contribute to the score tally if we're... Going to be title contenders. I would say around the 10-goal mark would be 
a target. Spot on, 10 goals for mine. Yeah, I, I think double figures as well. So needs to uh, to have a similar output to Marco Rojas for the coming season. Let's talk tactics, game style, coaching, all of that. Dave? No change. Uh, I think I'm shocked. I think Kev will continue with the preferred back four, the three in the midfield and the three up front. I think there will be some slight changes to the way the midfield sets up against certain opposition. Might stack the midfield a bit more when we play on the road to some of the stronger sides, particularly when we hit Asia as well. I think there might be... He might end up playing Sanchez, Valeri and Milligan. And, you know, maybe he'll surprise us and move to a back three as well. I expect his job may be a little bit easier this year with the midfield. Earlier on in the piece and in some of the games last year, it was our midfield which was the problem and tracking. And Bazanic was a big, big problem in the midfield. We were weak. We got beaten up uh, quite a bit in many games last season. So with the... Uh, acquisitions that we've had in midfield and the known quality that we've got in midfield this year, barring injury and everything going right, Kev's job for his tactics may be a bit easier for him. Here's another way to look at it as well. Sanchez is essentially Rashid Mahazi's replacement. Yeah. So when we're having to plug a hole in midfield, for example, this week with Milligan on international duty, we're plugging it with an Argentinian instead of Rashid Mahazi. Now, that may or may not work out, remains to be seen, but fills me with a bit of confidence. Plan B. Everyone spread the word. That's his new Hashtag nickname. Hashtag Plan B. That's his new nickname. <laughs> Everyone spread the word. Is that also the name of a uh, morning after pill? I'm not too sure. Uh, mm. We did ask... <laughs> We did ask some of our uh, fans or listeners uh, what they thought of Kevin Muskett's off-season um, off recruiting, and it was a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, Buds, you said that the average, having a look over the responses over Facebook and Twitter, on the For Fuck's Sake Facebook and Twitter, that the uh, average response is about 5.5 out of 10. Is that is that correct? That's correct. So we did get a few responses here. I'll read out a couple of them. Um, there was so many, so we do thank them for, for sending it through. Um, but, uh, yeah, couldn't, can't read them all. I'll, I'll go through a few here. Uh, we'll go th- with Thomas, the Mighty Langers. Uh, he said Liverpool out of 10, all attack, no decent left back, um, which I kind of agree with. Um, but I still think Brox will do all right. Uh, no-nonsense defender on Twitter. Big said, fan of the uh, no-nonsense defender. I like that Twitter handle. Oh, there you go. There you go. Well done to uh, no-nonsense defender. You got <laughs> Dave's tick of approval. No nonsense defender says seven. Known quality in uh, Costa Barbarusas and also Milsey. Williams looks good if he stays fit. No AFC plus one. Not uh, not an issue if he signed one in January. No proper left back is a worry. So we did get a lot of responses about the uh, the no Asian player. We under the assumption that that's going to happen probably in about January. We talked about this. Uh, what was it about a week ago? And I think Buds may have made the comment about. No decent Asian players want to come to Australia. I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at the history of the A-League, how many good Asian players have there been? Shinji Ono. Can you name any more that have been worth their while? It's it's really hard. Bun, I think Bun was all right. Yeah. Um, was that – there was the um, Qatari – no, no, um, defender that Brisbane had that wasn't too bad as well. But, yeah, it's few and far between. Surat Suka. Oh, that's, I'm just Suti Soksomdi. And his mate. <laughs> Suti Soksomdi. Yeah. Oh, oh, mate. 
Saxon Kit. That's his name. Okay. That's his name. <laughs> Anthony Gertz, uh, set of seven. He compared uh, this year's acquisitions to last year's departure. So he said Milligan's better than Bazanich. George is better than FBK. We we don't know that for sure. FBK you know, won a championship with us and also won a victory medal during that championship year. So um, although I probably agree that at uh, at the moment, FBK obviously is on the decline throughout his career. Uh, Prince Waring, or Waring, uh, we'll find out the pr- correct pronunciation of that uh, eventually, uh, is better than Howard. Sanchez, better than Mahazi, as we just mentioned. Den, better than Ansel. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, Den was a bit suspect when he was with the victory. Teresi, same as Teresi. The thing about Deng, though, is that there's so much upside. Yeah. He's still young. He's... You know, he spent a year at PSV. He must have learned something over there. So, mm. uh, and obviously, he says Williams is similar to Barrow. Uh, Barrow, and the only one that's you know worse is Marco was better than Costa. Um, so yeah, I'd say he, he's uh, pretty happy with with Kevin Musket's off season. Uh, two, which is this is from Randy Vuck. Two, which is the same number of visa spots we aren't using. It's also the traditional fullbacks number. So uh, two out of ten. Randy Vuck's, Ooh, that's harsh. Randy Vuck's not too happy. Uh, and then I'll go with, I'll choose 7 out of 10. Lack, this is from Carl and Ryan. Lack depth, in my opinion, and desperate need of another striker. So he's given a high mark, but uh, says that there's two glaring issues I, with the victory. I think some of the ones that we've overlooked, because obviously there's too many, it was the same kind of thing. People are very happy with the spine. People are happy with starting 11, but people are very suspect for another season again, that we don't have much injury cover and don't have much depth. Um, I'm going to counter that by saying that I'm happy that we're promoting youth and I'd like to see the youth being thrown in as depth because um, youth don't fear anything and I think we've got some good kids that we've I've, I've watched in the off-season in the uh, youth leagues and I believe in them. I agree, mate. I think it looks like Kev has, you know, he's at the poker table and he's gone all in on a real core of senior players, put a lot of money into them, and now we're supplementing the squad with the kids. Now, whether that's a good or a bad thing remains to be seen, but we are going to see, I think, for the first time in a long time, a lot of kids get opportunities. Yeah, sorry I couldn't get to everyone on that uh, on that social thing as well. There's been some really good responses, uh, especially on Facebook where people have you know written pretty extensive uh you know, the posts here are about uh, analysing the squad and so forth. So, uh, sorry I couldn't read them all out, but if you want to jump on Facebook, onto a Vuck's sake, uh, on our Facebook and have a look at some of the responses. Tell us all about it on the new forum yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Jump on the forum. Now, Dave, uh, let's review the mood heading in uh, to the season at Vuck headquarters. How's the mood at uh, at Swan Street or Amy Park? Yeah, look, it's fairly positive, I have to say. I think, you know, if you listen to some of the real respected Hunters out there like your Simon Hills of the world, they think we've assembled a squad that is capable of winning the Premiership and the Championship. There's still room for that other foreign signing too, so keep your eye out to see what might happen in that space. I think some kind of fullback would be ideal, ideally Asian. We keep talking about that, but um, the fact that we're not rushing to finalise the squad kind of leaves us with some flexibility, which I like. You know, you don't basically show your hand immediately at the start of the season. So I think it could be a smart thing. By the time Asian football rolls around, we might be in a completely different mindset about where the squad's at. So it's good to keep that spot open. 
Mm. I am on the opposite opinion about the uh, squad being incomplete. Just because it, when you throw so many new players into the team, it takes a little while to gel. And similar to when we were in the Champions League last year, you really have to consolidate your A-League position before the Champions League starts. So you can't have too much time to... Well, you can't take too much time to gel because you have to try and accumulate points before you have a heavy workload of games. So uh, that's just my opinion, though, I, I believe. Uh, then we signed a lot of kids this year coming through from the uh, the youth ranks from the national youth team getting professional contracts. Who do you think are the kids that might break through and will they get game time? Well, I think Negro is the obvious one to talk about first. He's... he's First cab off the rank, he'll be on the bench most weeks. He will come in as that 88th minute sub <laughs> for Broxham mm. or for somebody and, and come in and play left back or right back. So he'll get used a lot this season. But I think if you consider the number 10 position and the striker position, there is literally no one in the senior ranks that can come in. So guys like Pierce Waring, Theo Harris and Hope should get little cameos off the bench here and there. So, you know, if, if this weekend, for example, Troisi isn't playing, and we'll talk about what might happen this weekend, but, you know, a guy like Josh Hope looks to be quite the player. And lastly, Thomas Deng, loads of potential, should get the opportunity at some stage, um, whether it's to replace Williams due to injury or to breast him or if Donachie's form slips Deng is there ready to step up expectations for this year Dave uh do you think uh, what, what are you expecting uh do we I, I think all victory fans expect to win the championship don't they every year yeah it kind of uh, comes with the territory at this club doesn't it I think the expectation from all fans being the club that we are is to win everything um Look, given the recruitment so far this season, I think we definitely will be one of the top three teams. I'm just not totally convinced that we'll be a title contender just yet. And that's pretty much just based on the ins and outs so far. The success or otherwise of this club this season will come down to how these new signings fit in and their ability to adjust to the A-League. So Williams... Well... Not so much Williams, but Leroy George and Matias Sanchez. What do you expect, Buds? Win it all. Win it all. Win it all. <coughs> Is I it possible with an ACL campaign? I don't think it's possible. Has anyone ever done that? No. Competed on both fronts no, and no, won no it? No one's even gotten close while doing the Asian Champions League. Listen, I think I think we should win it. Um, go down and watch the VAC every week. We've got, we've got two top-class Socceroos in our team. We've got one of the best players from New Zealand. Um, really, we've got we've got a, a team that's the nucleus of the team's been together for quite a while now. Um, they should all know Kev's system. It'll be up to the coaching. It'll be up to the day-to-day operations to get this team up and about. It's the A-League. You can be absolutely down in the dumps in November and put four games together and be back in contention. So... I think this team's got it. We'll be burning from last year. I think we'll go one better. I think we'll finish top. I think I think we'll finish second, probably. I still think Sydney are the team to beat. Um, and uh, yeah, as I said, I think we'll win it all. We can't win all the trophies, but I think we'll win the league this year. Yeah, and and we can just 
talk about predictions now. Yeah, we can um, talk about predictions. I'll just mention, though, uh, we did lead for about 30 seconds in a semi-final when we did last play Asian Champions League, but we were never really a, a main threat to the title. We led against Brisbane. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So we did have a relatively good we year. We came close Although we were just, yeah. we were never actually throughout the year, we were never really seen as uh, a powerhouse team. I, would, I wouldn't have thought. Okay, it, was a bit, it was a disappointing year uh, with Asian Champions League duties. Yeah, and at the same time, we performed the best we ever have in Asia. So it's really hard to spread spread the responsibilities of the whole squad across both competitions. Yep, so Buds is predicting a uh, Melbourne Victory Championship win. Dave, what is your prediction? I actually think we'll finish the ladder in second position once again behind Sydney FC. I don't think it'll be that big gap that it was last season. Except this time around, I think we'll win in a grand final. Uh, I think what what Bud's just mentioned about the the hurt from last season will really be at the forefront of this squad's mind. So I think we'll we'll do that. I disagree with you both. I don't oh. think we'll, I don't think we'll even make the grand final. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not completely sold on the squad. I did say that Milligan makes us slightly better. Just, I just don't think there's. I don't know. I st- I'd need to see us play first to, to make it's up a decision. Just losing Rojas is just huge. Yeah. It's huge. And we'll need to see something different from Kev this year. Like, this is a big... Mm-hmm. This is an important year from for Kev. This is a huge year. Absolutely. Uh, Asian Champions League, what are your predictions on that one? Hard to, hard to know without... Really without seeing the, without seeing the group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, look, I'd like to think we can... Based on the experience we've built up in this competition... You know, I think Kev has learnt quite a bit over the last two campaigns. Some really good results over the last two Asian Champions League campaigns. I think we will make it out of the group. We take this competition a hell of a lot more seriously now. Yeah, making it out of the group is the expectation, the bit, the bare minimum. Oh, look, I'd I'd be happy with a win in Asia. Mm-hmm. This, this we still campaign. haven't won away, have we? No. Um, that that's everything. Every year is just a scrap. Yeah, so anything more than three points in Asia is, is good. Yeah, you're Job right. Done. You'd like to see us actually yeah, command a game in Asia and actually look like the team that's better. But it's every year is just a scrap. Yeah, it looks like we just got off the plane and yeah. get belted. Now, boys, today I asked you to make a bit of an outlandish prediction for the coming season that we'll look back on at the end of the year. I know Bud's has got one. Do you have one, Dave? I do, and it has to do with the Asian Champions League. I believe we're going to make the Asian Champions League final. Oh, I said outlandish, not ridiculous. <laughs> uh, Buds, what, what's mine, your mine, mine flies in the face of my false bravado then just saying we're going to win it all yep. in the league. Um, last year there were murmurings that Kev needs to change a few things up and do things a bit differently and change his football operations and change his day-to-day this and that. I don't know if that's going to happen and I don't know if we're going to play differently and results are going to come. And I think uh, my outlandish prediction is going to be that Kevin Musket will not be the coach of Melbourne Victory by the end of the season. Ooh, you know, that is outlandish. But some of the murmurings we've heard, and these are the sorts of murmurings you'll hear about first uh, via you, Patreon, yeah, Patreon. You know, um, is that Kev's a real micromanager. Just way too much invested in all the minutiae of, of stuff that's going on at all levels. Control it. A real control freak. So 
I mean, that can be a good thing. And look, you can't argue with his record so far, but can it also backfire sometimes? It can. And last year, we almost won the championship and we were so far second. The gap between first and second last year was just phenomenal. Uh, It needs to close this year. We need to look like we're going to win it because we can't just look like we're going to fluke it again. Um, you got one, Jase? Yeah, my, my one is related to James Sharisi and Bessar Barisha. I Ooh. think there have been some more murmurings about the uh, the contract status of James Sharisi that he'll sign one year under the cap and then next year he'll be signed up as a marquee, which obviously means that something's going to give and that one would have to be Bessar Barisha. He was getting on in years. They'll want to try and force him under the cap perhaps, but I still think Bressa Barisha will believe that he is a marquee player who deserves marquee money. So I'm going to say that Bessa Barisha could be gone at season's end. This is his fourth season. Yeah. So he's had four, he would have had four years of... Because if we won that 15 title, he got on at 14, 15, mm. 14, 15, 15, 16, do the maths. This is his fourth season under marquee. Am I perhaps thinking he's got another year after this? Well, perhaps you should have uh, looked into that before yeah. making this prediction, mate. <laughs> but, uh, look, something will come to a head at the end of this season in terms of marquee money. Contracts mean nothing at the end of the day in 2017 in sports. So mm. so that's my prediction that perhaps Bessar Barisha uh, will not be at Melbourne Victory next season. Um, this could be his last year. Uh, I think that's probably about it. We, uh, are we done with our season preview? We are. Mm. All right, so we'll leave it there. Good job, Dave. Super. Well done to Dave Cheers, boys. on preparing that dossier. And we'll uh, revisit some of our predictions at the end of the season. from our second sponsor, which is the LIT Services. You can contact Pete at the LIT Services for help on anything IT-related. You can reach Pete on 1-800-843-695, and that translates to 1-800-THE-OWL. At the LIT Services, they give a hoot. Uh, I'm doubling down on that uh, best out Barisha prediction. I just checked in the... Uh, oh, Dave just dropped me in front of the microphone. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, just rang in my ears. Uh, I'm doubling down that best out Barisha prediction uh his marquee deal does uh come up to expire at the end of the season the 2017-18 season uh so my prediction is well and truly for james Teresi to cause a bit of friction there with uh demanding marquee money coming into the next season perhaps forcing barisha either under the cap or out the door um we'll see what happens with that uh let's talk about some a-league tidbits just before the uh the start of the season a few goings on around the a-league uh none more so than the uh 
the shock resignation of Tony Popovich uh, for Western Sydney Wanderers over the weekend. He's moving to a job in Turkey, um, the tu- Turkish Super League, uh, a team who are currently sitting about third bottom, not having the greatest start to the season. Their coach was sacked and they've in, uh, they've gotten Tony Popovich on board. Dave, what do you think about that? Is, uh, is that the right move? Oh, look, it's a, it's a ballsy thing for Popovich to take up that kind of job. He's taking, I believe, his entire back room with him to Turkey. Big challenge. Um, exciting for him in terms of his coaching career. But, you know, up until recently, well, up until this news, I had Western Sydney Wanderers pegged as a top two side. So, look, obviously they've still got the same on-field quality. They've probably recruited the best. The best. One of the best off-seasons yep. I've seen in A-League. I had him, I had him as a top two easily. But to have your manager leave a week out from the season commencing is really destabilising. It, it, it's not just the manager. It's, it's what you said. It's the whole coaching staff. Mm. You, you're ripping the whole staff that have put a system. They've been, they've been rock solid, that coaching staff, for years. Yeah, still in the FFA Cup. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's huge. It's, it's just a, a massive thing. It seems to be pretty typical in the A-League. We had that happen, of course, with uh, old mate Branco Chulina a little while back when he was sacked a week out mm-hmm. from uh, his tenure at Newcastle. So, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. I think Western Sydney still have the squad and everything and whoever comes in and we're hearing Gombau, we're hearing Milicic, but, you know, whoever comes in has got a good squad to I work with. I think I heard that the, uh, the interim coach is going to be Crook, the ex-Sydney coach. Yeah, he's in that back in- room, Interesting, isn't he? interesting one. But goes with the full blessing of the, uh, the board and the club. Leaves, leaves There'd be a compensation terms. payment, probably. So, apparently they had a, had a uh, handshake handshake agreement. agreement. And uh, he's he's obviously had other offers in Europe 100%. for sure. Mm-hmm. And to take the the Turkish Super League, you can understand the, how why he's done it to put his you know name in in the European hat. But interesting, unforgiving league over there. And as you've seen with many periphery so- young socceroos mm. and A League players that go over to play in Turkey, uh, opportunities are pretty. Uh, Pretty spare, and they get cut really quick, and they always end up back here. Yeah, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how he performs over there. Um, patience, Turks aren't known for it. <laughs> <laughs> now things are heating up between the FFA and FIFA uh, in terms of governance. It's been an ongoing saga for quite a while, uh, but things seem to be heating up with FIFA potentially taking over. Dave, uh, explain to me what's going on. The chief analyst of Avaksek, oh. explain to me what's happening. This is just a debacle, this whole thing. It just keeps dragging on and on and on. FIFA are probably going to step in to sort us out. So what does that tell you about the state of the FFA right now if an organisation as corrupt and ridiculous as FIFA are coming to sort us out? Coming to sort us out with a normalisation committee. It all, and it all has to do with control and power and, and how many seats the FFA board. So there's a big, big tug of war happening right now between stakeholders in the game, A-League clubs, state, clubs, state and territory federations, women's. the A-League, PFA. We just can't seem to come to an agreement and it's at the detriment of the game that this is still going and it's just a disgrace and oh, I'm lost for words as to... because. Neither outcome seems to be something that I'm happy about. 
you know, FIFA, you know, what what possible positive impact could come out of that? They're going to rip Lowy out. That's that's the only good thing that will happen out of this. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, watch this space. You know, this has really deep ramifications for not just the A League but the sport as a whole. Um, we've come a long way in uh, 13, 14 years and to have this happen now, we just seem to be this sport that just keeps on shooting itself in the foot. Mm -hmm. I'm over it. I'd be interested to get your take on Lowy, on the Lowy family in general about you know have they actually helped football in Australia or hindered it in recent years? I mean, you say the only good thing about this would be Lowy being taken out. Well, well I don't think that's a good thing yeah. necessarily, but... Look, he's still a puppet master. He's just... Uh, Frank yeah. Lowy's still a puppet master, isn't he? You can't deny the Lowy impact over the course of the recent history in, um, in Australian football, but the FFA have been asleep at the wheel in recent years. Um, this whole expansion thing, they've got that wrong. The, the planning and the, the conversion of the mass participation we have at grassroots levels into greater support and greater prosperity for the sport as a whole has failed. You know, I don't think you throw the baby out with the bathwater here because... What's in place is better than where we have been in the past. So, yeah, I, I just think at the moment there needs to be... When talk about professional football and youth development, which is the main concern people have, it really has... We have to have a situation better for our national teams. And, yeah, it just... At the moment, that that's my sort of angle on all this. And I'm ranting a bit, so... We can move on, but yeah, it's just so frustrating. You went on so long, Dave. The uh, the podcast cut out, it just cut out for a second there. I've restarted it, it's fine. There might be just a quick two second uh, stop. That's podcast. probably a good thing. We'll move on. We'll just start. We won't talk about the FFA and the lack of promotion because I feel like you're going to hear that across every football related podcast media show uh, going around. So we won't dwell on that too much. Uh, we will get into the next match preview against Sydney FC on Saturday night. As we mentioned before, it's a grand final rematch. We are missing three players uh, to international duty in Mark Milligan, uh, Costa Barbarousas and... James Troisi. Of course. Uh, so that's going to leave us uh, with, yeah, a threadbare squad. Um, we're already missing... We've already got a incomplete squad. So we're going in with a, a pretty... Uh, pretty um, Bare bones kind of squad. I think uh, I don't know. I actually don't know because I want to see how we play, but we won't really know how we are as a team for at least another week or so because we got to wait for those, for those uh, three yeah. players to come back. Look, Kev's got options. It, this isn't the end of the world. It, it's really inconvenient to be missing three of our best players for the opening game against the reigning champions. But look, he can. Shift Broxham into midfield and, and start Negro at left back? Or I'm also hearing some whispers that Leroy George might be started in, in James Troisi's position. The alternative would be to throw a kid into the mix like Hope or Theo Harris. So it could be that George plays as the number 10 with Austin and Ingham, the two wide players. Austin will definitely start for Barbarossas. Yep. It's just a question of what Kev does with the midfield. Buds, interesting comments from Graham Arnold yesterday about Kev. Saw Did that. You see those? I didn't yeah. see what happened. Had a bit uh, of a Kev. Kev. Kev had a. Kev said he wasn't whinging, mm. but had a bit of a whinge about 
the league starting on an international window again. Mm-hmm. And those uh, words of Kev's were relayed to Graham Arnold at a press conference and Graham Arnold basically said, well, recruit better. <laughs> so um, the mind games have already started. I think it's a good time to catch Sydney. Yeah, it is. Get them get first. And you think so? I, I think they've been in really good form in the preseason, haven't they? Yeah, oh, look, but yeah they, um, they, they look really good. Mm. They've upgraded. I don't want to play them after they've got five games under their belt yeah, and they're, they're, they're firing. Uh, it's always good to get these ones out of the way early and play them at home and try and get over this mental hurdle that we've succumbed to against them because we haven't won against them in five. Yeah, lost five four in now. a row, mm. including the grand final. And, and there was a draw in there too. So we haven't picked up maximum points against them in the last five. I think the last one was Australia Day 2016 that we won. Uh, it's been a long time and they completely mind-fucked us last year and we need to get over it early. It'd be really good to get over that round one. Yeah, their back four has changed a little bit. Uh, Ryan Grant's out with... Long-term injury, so Luke Wilkshire, we all remember Luke, uh, will be coming in probably at right back. Uh, Andrew Redmayne, your mate, will be in for Danny Vukovic. Vukovic had the season of his life last mm. last season. and So there is a chance to kind of hit them when they've not settled, so I agree yeah. with that. Uh, they've signed, though, to replace Philip Olosko. Some serious Polish... Polish yeah, some, some Polish influence in the A-League this season. We like that. Um, Mazursky is my first attempt at it. We'll get I that one that, better. that's pretty good. No, I think it's wrong, but anyway. Probably Mazursky. What is it? Yeah, 40 caps for Poland? Yeah, serious pedigree. Ooh. Predictions? Let's do, let's do predictions. Buds? 1-0 to the Vuk. Pesa Barisha penalty. I'm going to go with a 1-1 one, one draw. Will he, go, will he go left in that penalty? Oh, he's against Redmayne. So, Bess is already 1-0 against Redmayne. Yeah, I reckon he'll head. go straight down the middle. You know, he'll go left. He'll he go always left. goes left. He'll go left. He'll start the season. He'll go, ah, you know, stick to what I know. And then he'll... 1-1, <laughs> one, one, Leroy George, banger from a free kick. Mm. And I'm going to tip a 2-0 loss. Oh, because I'm just negative usual. always. Uh, but I don't think we'll win. I think Sydney are way too good. Uh, we'll leave it there. We're going to be back uh, next week and every single week over the course of the season. Thanks for uh, joining us. A reminder that you can uh, join us on Facebook and Twitter for Vuck's sake. Um, and also the forum, which is now for Vuck's sake.com. Uh, so we'll leave it there for now. Thanks for listening, as mentioned. And... Mon the Vuck. Mon.